never worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well, we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you lend us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd Welcome to the newest episode of the Edkinen Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things geek, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything in pop culture. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I'm joined by Phil. Hello, hello, happy, happy Monday, everybody. You to YouTube, Mr. Boris. Yes, happy Monday indeed, what a day. Well, we are going to be talking a smorgasbord of info again. But uh, yeah, you know it's it's been one of those weeks. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It's it has been. It has been. I don't know why, but normally work tends to slow down in July, and it seems like we are in bat crap nutso mode. So yeah, eh, par for the course. I, I guess with all the back to life, which I'm pretty sure one of these upcoming stories will be about. The return of normalcy as far as box office numbers go. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know. But I think, uh, I guess everybody's excited, as am I. You know what? I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm excited to get back to, to a little more normality, a little yes. more social interaction. Yep, exactly. Maybe a couple beverages on a, on a patio or something. Yeah, yeah. Let's... Uh... You know, fuck, we might be having a couple beverages at BMO sooner rather than later. Yeah, it's it's just kind of crazy how quickly things are going. And there's like this huge part of me that's like, well, you know, maybe we should slow down or maybe we should take it more cautiously. And then I tune into the Euros and Wembley has 100,000 people. In yeah. it. I'm like, all right, well, I guess shit's back to normal. Exactly. And then you see you see downtown Toronto yesterday after Italy won the, the Euros. It was just like, it's, it was batshit crazy. Uh, yeah, and even, even Montreal when the Stanley Cup playoffs were going on. I'm like, this is nuts, man. Like, nobody has a mask. Everybody's got a drink in their hand. And is hugging the stranger next to them. Yeah, and exactly. I, I don't know. Like, it's kind of neat. Uh, I'm kind of like, you know, I, I guess our high diligence as a society is paying off as far as our adherence to vaccines and yeah, just getting ourselves through this, right? Yeah, exactly. And hopefully, you know, people can continue getting their vaccines, especially with all the variants and stuff, like you do you. But, uh, you know, we all know that the summer months it was going to be better regardless, but, you know, let's see what happens in the fall and whatnot. Yeah, and, you know, it was funny because I was driving, I went out tonight for a little drive and I was coming home and I was thinking, you know, it's interesting that a year ago we were going outside and we didn't have the safety net of the vaccines. We yeah. didn't even know at that point if they were really going to materialize to the degree that they have. And, you know, there was this part of me that was like, oh, man, imagine making vaccines for the world and what kind of demand that's going to be and all these logistical challenges. And here we are just living in a world where we can't get computer chips. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that's exactly it. Um, yeah, uh, it just you, that sparked something. Um, so, yes. So here in Toronto, quite possibly. Our sports teams are coming home. Uh, Jays by the end of the month. Toronto FC by mid by the Saturday, the seventeenth. It looks like uh, we'll see what happens in terms of capacity and crowds um, with stage three uh, of, of opening. I think it's uh, what fifteen thousand outdoor venues. It's between ten and fifteen. Yeah, it's, it's it's a sizable number. But the funny thing is, I know like you and I are both seasons ticket holders. I haven't seen anything coming in to tell me about a lottery or yeah. how anything's going to be done. Like, 
it seems to me if they play this Saturday at home, it's going to be to an empty house. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. Because again, yeah. but again, we don't know what the government is saying, right? So it's like, yeah, it's gonna be very sudden. Like I'm expecting an email tomorrow or Wednesday on just an update at the very least to see what's going on. But uh, yeah, yeah. So here in Toronto, here in Canada, you know, thing we 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 were locked down a lot longer. It is what it is. But you know, it's nice seeing things come back to normal. As I'm watching the home run derby, and it's just packed in Denver right now. It's crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I, I I am a little bit envious of the rest of the world that have embraced or gotten on track faster. But it is what it is, like you say. Um, I'm happy to have the good weather here and to have the opportunity to meet with my friends again at the very least. And, you know, reclaim some things that we haven't been able to do in a long time, like seeing live sports or going yeah. to a patio or whatever or, it may be. Or going to a movie. Or going to a movie. I, I that one might take a while for me. Yeah, same here. Just, just there's a lot there, but yeah, no. But you know, uh, looks like with stage three of reopenings, the rules are a little weird. Um, but it looks like you'll be able to watch a movie in Cineplex, and they're all gearing up for reopening this uh, this Friday. So it'll be interesting to see. So let's get into it, Phil. Black Widow did pretty good. Yeah. Did pretty yeah. good. Yeah. So the first Marvel Studios film to come to theaters in two years grossed an estimated $80 million. Crazy number. Yep. And then apparently. So that's $80 million domestic. It did international, $78 million. And here's the big one, $60 million in purchases via Disney+. Plus. That was the number that I found most interesting out of the summaries that I heard off of this box office on the weekend. To be honest, like, have you watched it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to give anything away in the spoilers. <laughs> I, I really don't think there's anything to give away. Oh, there is. There really. isn't. This movie, like, like, like for lack I mean, of a better term, it feels shoehorned. Yeah, it. this is exactly like you know, Rogue One or whatever, or like, like the other shows, even we know what's going to happen in it. Like we know that no major characters are going to meet their end. We know if anything, it will just introduce threads that get sewn up later type thing, or might become an introduction of a character for a later movie or a later bad guy or something. You know what I mean? Like everything has to follow on a set of railroad tracks. And to me, that movie suffered from this. Like, it wasn't a bad movie. There's a lot of action. It was fun to watch. Yep. You know? Um, but I just didn't get the charge that I get out of a regular Marvel movie, right? Like that first time you watch it, I wasn't in suspense about anything. Yeah. I was like, all right, this is Scarlett Johansson's chance to get a little story in, like for a character that's already gone. Yep. So, and I don't see any redemption path for that character. Yeah, same. So it, it's to me, it, it's like it suffers a little bit of that Marvel fear that I have going into this next phase. And that is, it's either for the sake of doing, or it's going to be so complicated or leading to something so complicated that I don't know that I'm going to invest in it 100% like I did the previous phases. Yeah. But we'll see. Like, I, I'm, I'm happy to see it do well. Yeah. I'm happy to see it beat, like, F9. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that it was hard know, to do, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and and it also like you say, it's good to see it might not be my choice, but it's good to see movie theaters back. It's good to see here in Canada Cineplex coming back because I think it would be a real shame for all of us if our big movie companies took a really really uh, like undeniable or like a bad turn, like if they were gone. I don't think that that's yeah. healthy for the industry. I don't think it's healthy for people, to be honest. Because I think socializing and going to a movie and what, whatnot is in society's benefit in a lot of ways. You know, given that these things aren't so complicated or, or worrisome for people, it's just the fact is you go for a date, you know, dinner and a movie, right? Yeah, like, it's this time-honored tradition, right? Yeah, 
It's something our parents did. It's something we do. It's something our kids will probably do. But it's nice to be in that social safety circle and enjoy something with somebody else and create a memory or whatever. You know, I know it's all hokey social stuff, but it's the fact is, is that we haven't had it and it's it's rough on people. So I know I'm feeling it right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's weird, man. I feel like. There, there's tension everywhere. I don't know how to describe it. It's it's just this weird thing as people are socializing again. I don't know. I just feel like, uh, you know, it's been a long year, right? And yeah. one of those things, like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just like it's been a long person, 15 months. Me personally, I feel like all of my insecurities are like at 100% right now. Like, you know, it, it's just like, okay, got to take a step back, slow down, you know, Got to mm-hmm. be a little careful. Um, and, yeah, you know, everyone has their fuck-ups. But, like, you know, it, it is what it is. It's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, the whole social thing right now is a very interesting dynamic. Yeah, and you know what's going to be even crazier? I'm already starting to get anxiety about this. What's that? And you're lucky that you're probably not going to have to deal with this. But there will be a point at which you're going to be able to directly relate to it. And that is the first day back to work, like in that normal state, whether it be on a business trip or whether it be going into the office, whatever the condition is, it's going to be like the night before is going to be like, to me, the stress that I would feel before the first day of school. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm feeling like, already. I got a, yeah. something quick planned for later this week. And I'm just like, and even that honestly has had me like on edge all weekend. Like, um, yeah. Like, I feel yeah. okay. I don't know. Um, I feel fine. But it's just like there's there's this undeniable stress of just not only the human interaction and, and, and getting back into the swing of things and whatever, right? Like, it is a high-pressure situation that I'm going under. But, you know, it's just still, like, it, it's kind of weighed, weighed on me a lot. Like, there's just a lot going on. As you know, I've also, mm-hmm. like, you know, I have three shows now, including this one. Um Something that I haven't even talked about just yet uh, is that I'm actually going to start writing for Slam Wrestling. Um, oh, congrats. Through, yeah, through the show, through a partnership with Sunday Night's uh, main event. Um, you know, they, they, I, I was given an opportunity to to do some writing there. Um, and, you know, it, it, like I, I've been okay at balancing all the, all, everything that's coming up, but it's just like, you know, with the looming, pending, for lack of a better word, doom of having to go out and 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 try to do business like I did before you know it's just a lot going on right uh, and then and then you yeah. have the interpersonal stuff where it's just like you know I feel like some people are just like on a hundred percent all the time and it's just like mm-hmm. tranquilo calm down <laughs> take a step back um I don't know people have been very what's the word not not overboard. even weird overboard like, yes that's it They've been extra, as the kids say. Yeah, yeah, and and, yeah, and honestly, like I've I, I'm I've done the same. Um, and, and my hope is that you know everyone can just like move forward. It is what it is, but I don't know. It just you know it's 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 just something that's been like really this cloud over my head, especially like we were just talking about with the business trips coming back and 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 yeah. all the reopenings and who knows what the rules are going to be and you know. I have this thing also. It's like going to the States. It's like, I don't know what to expect. Yeah. No, for sure. But you know what? Here's here's the one thing. I can tell you you this, and I can tell our listeners this. Just like I was relating it to the first day of school, it's going to be a memory like the first day of school. Yeah. You're going to remember the prep. You're going to remember the worry. You're going to maybe remember some of the awkward phases, right? But you're going to laugh about them, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be a big deal in the rear view. So, you know, we're all just going to get over it. We're all just going to get back to whatever the new normal is. And maybe it's a lot like the old normal. Maybe it's not. Who knows? But we'll figure it out together. Exactly. How's that for positivity, buddy? I like it. I like it. Look (laughs) at you. Who are you? I need this, Phil, more often. Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm I'm turning a corner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, no, like I said, it's just been one of those weird, like, couple couple weeks, but uh, we'll see what happens. Um, so, so that so that's that's Black Widow. 
another big thing that happened last week. And I was having a very interesting conversation with a couple people, and they were kind of crapping on Nintendo's OLED. Uh, mm. Let's talk about this because let's let let's bring some let's bring some honest opinion, some some smart opinion in this. And it's something that we talk about so much on this show. We even made a joke about it already. And that's the electronics shortage. And remember yep. a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about kind of E3 and the lack of announcements that some of these companies were making and I 100% brought out and said Nintendo, you know, it's it'll be interesting to see if they announce their high-end um uh, model because you know Nintendo they're not going to release something if they can't get the supply and demand, right? Like the, yep. the you know You said that you know, so so I honestly do believe in my heart of hearts that what happened was that they've realized before they went into production is like, look, this isn't going to work. We won't have the parts for this. So they had to scale back. Yeah, they got the screens. They got the colors. We've got the manufacturing, but they don't have necessarily the chips and the hardware to introduce a full fledged next gen type capable switch. Now. I agree with you, and I've seen that idea being floated, and there's you know, it's perfectly legit. It's perfectly right, and it's perfectly in tune with what Nintendo do as a company. I did have a little bit of a interesting um, analysis today by myself. I was just considering this whole situation in prep for the show, and one thing that did enter my mind is Nintendo like to move things in a very gradual way. Right. They they when they make a big move, they make it fast. But getting there, they do it in a very incremental way. And we've seen this with all of their handheld devices. They they make changes to them and there are subtle changes like it's a 3DS now and it's in this color versus that color. And it plays slightly different games, but it's still compatible with the old games and stuff like that. They do these little incremental increases. And what they've just achieved with this announcement of the new Switch is they made an incremental up update. They made an incremental price update. And now they've set the stage for when they do have something a little bit more meaty, when the market allows for it with the chips and everything like that, that they can charge maybe even, even more incrementally. They're, they're boiling the frog in the water, so to speak. Right. Yeah. So it's like, hey, guess what? For an extra three hundred bucks or two hundred dollars Canadian, I get four K, yeah. which is what I wanted all along, and I bought that other switch because I wanted it in white and I like the OLED. Yeah, that's the thing, right? <laughs> like, and also the other thing people need to understand is that, okay, people were saying if you couldn't get the parts, then you know why didn't you, why don't you just wait and 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 release it when it's ready? Yeah. No, it, it, they're a public company; they can't wait. Yeah, no, they can't miss out on the Christmas season, especially when all the other consoles are hitting. Exactly. And number two, like, look, they have to innovate. That's Nintendo. They have to innovate, even if it's a piece of freaking cardboard. Seriously, that's what their marketing ploy was one year, was cardboard cutouts, right? And and they were cool. They were different. It's outside the box, literally. The same material you make a box out of. I get it. Yep. It's fun. But that's Nintendo. They always have done that. They always will. They're giving you an OLED screen. They're giving you the different colors. They're giving you a better kickstand. They're giving you more memory. If you don't want it, I'm not going to freaking buy it. I like my Switch as it is. It plays Animal Crossing. Great. All right. You know, that's all I really need for now. The thing is, is that I don't buy a Nintendo to be top of the mountain for anything. I buy a Nintendo because it's freaking Nintendo. Yep. Right? It's got that feel. It's got those games. It's got that content. It doesn't, you know, that's what it that's what I want. The minute they introduce a whole new generation, whether it be a pro model, but even in a pro world, I can't see it necessar necessarily tanking the market share that they have on the portables right now. Yep. There's nobody competing in this marketplace. Exactly. 
Yep. Right. And that's the thing, right? There's there's people who might want to upgrade their their switch, right? Like I know people yeah. who are looking to because of of drift issues or whatever. They, you know, they'll, they they just want to get the new one, so they will. Like yeah. it makes sense, okay. right? It, it, it just yeah. makes sense. It's so Nintendo, all of this, and that's okay. You know, like if you want the OLED, you want the portability. I like the way that Microsoft is doing things and trying to get in on the Android phones and the iOS devices with their Game Pass. I just can't, for the life of me, figure out Sony's life cycle in killing the Vita and just leaving that marketplace altogether. That that one has me baffled because I see an entry point for Microsoft onto these portable platforms. But Nintendo are owning that space right now. Yeah. And they're not going to abandon it in the sense that they have too many sales tied up in software. You know that the next Zelda game is going to be Switch compatible. Yeah. Like, they're not going to leave it behind like the Wii U because it was the freaking Wii U and it didn't have any power. Look how long they held on to just the Wii with yeah. that market base. So I just see Nintendo, th- their history has always been, we don't give a crap about hardware. And they're just trying something here. I think it, it if it does well, I think it bodes well for for Nintendo to be a little more agile in that space. Yeah, but, that, that's exactly it. Like, it really depends on the numbers and the performance. I, mm-hmm. I, I can completely see their shareholders, the, 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 the executive boardrooms, everybody just sitting there going, nah, this is the way we want to play it. Like, honestly, we're just making bank. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's... That's exactly it, right? What what more can you ask for? Yeah, that's 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 their strategy. That's their mo all along. It's just let's make bank, yeah. <laughs> and we'll put it in white. Like it's just brilliant. Like I, I, you know, how many people I saw on Twitter saying, "I want the switch, this new OLED switch in white because I want it to match my PlayStation 5. <laughs> yeah. and I'm just like. You know what's going to happen is at Christmas time, they're going to introduce the matte black PlayStation 5. Like, come on. <laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen. I can't wait for that to happen. <laughs> it's going to be like, oh, man, I need a gray switch. Can't find those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Google Games. Uh, Google Games had a summit or there is a summit going on right now. Today's keynote was very interesting. It really focused more on the API dev side nothing really huge came from there um but you know it's just interesting because you know um it's kind of like uh i don't know do you expect any stadia news coming from from this uh not really but we did get this week that madden 22 and fifa 22 are going to be day and date on stadia and they actually support the next gen features whereas other platforms don't, on the lesser platforms. So I don't know what those specific things are. I just saw a headline, and I was just like, oh, interesting, because Stadia has been linked officially with other next-gen capable games or games that were exclusive for next-gen. Yeah. So it tells me that that back end of the platform is on an upgrade path, and Stadia, or a.k.a. Google, are really good at not disclosing it. They're just going... They're just going to come around and basically say, this is how you do it, you know? So that's that's what I foresee. Um, Stadia is becoming very good at what they're doing in a very quiet way. Yes. And I'll say that, you know, we talked about it before with the Google TV and just how good the 4K is on it right now. And these are things that I found challenging under the old ecosystem with Stadia. Not always, but sometimes. I thought it was more so related to developer than it was over capability, but it looks like it was capability. So it's it's an interesting thing that they're doing. They're They're performing a lot, whereas I see Xbox wanting to do this and having a lot of problems. Because I tried Xbox Game Pass over a browser, and it was pure garbage. Really? Yeah, it was it was un, I it was unplayable. It was unplayable and we're out of beta. And I gave them the feedback cuz I'm like it's all the stuff that people hate on Stadia for. Right. It, and that's what I can't believe that people are talking up Xbox Game Pass remote play over a browser 
and coming back and still crapping on Stadia when Stadia is basically bulletproof from what I've seen on most networks, not all. And Xbox Game Pass seems to be pretty good on a device like Android specifically. It's pretty good on it. But I can say with with certainty that it is not handling Chrome well. <laughs> so, right. you know, I, I should try Edge and things like that. But I just I was just so put off by the lag. It was unplayable. And we're even talking about plugging in the controller hardwired into right. the computer. So it wasn't like it was a Bluetooth lag or anything. So and I'm running Bluetooth five. So I'm like, you know what I mean? Like if, if it was Bluetooth. I don't think Bluetooth is my issue, but it, I know it can introduce a little bit of a lag. So it's kind of an interesting landscape with what's going on and what the press, how the media are reacting to it, or at least the predominant, you know, vloggers and, and industry magazines and whatnot, the coverage points or websites, the coverage points that are out there. It's still very much slanted against Stadia, which yeah, I really can't understand. Because, again, it's a handful of exclusives for Xbox. It's a yeah. handful of content that makes Xbox Game Pass. Like, Xbox Game Pass is a great value because it's got everything. All right? But if you're invested in one platform, you might already have a lot of what's on there. So you're looking for exclusives to be the difference. Yeah. And those exclusives are things like Forza Horizon. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I'm counting, like, you know, when Halo launches a uh, flight simulator at the end of this month, but that's only available on X and S. I like, I'm just like, like see a thieves. Like these are really small things. And I'm like, so how is this the game saver for everyone? It's just install base. Yeah, that's really all it is. That's all it is at this point, right? And in, it, it's to make news in the tech in the tech world, right? Like that. That's seemingly what I think this is, um, what they're trying to get, right? But once, like yeah. you said, once you actually try this tech, there it raises a lot more questions, right? Yeah, it does. I know. I I, I tried giving it a shot because I'd heard that the back end has all been upgraded to Xbox Series X blades. Right. So I was interesting to see that. And I got to say, the resolution was garbage. Like, right. It was garbage. To borrow a, fr a frame from our uh, Bruise and Blasters friends. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm just like, this is like, I can't do 720p. Like, I just can't do it. I'm sorry. I, I know I sound like a 4K snob right now, but it was bad. <laughs> it's like when you fire up PlayStation Now. The PlayStation Now issues aren't that it's it's you know a little bit eh in terms of content. The PlayStation Now is a little bit eh because if it streams, it's streaming in 720p. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh man, I'll just download the game and play it. <laughs> Thanks. That's honestly if if the option is there, I'd rather do that, right? Yes, exactly. It's it's fun having the instant or somewhat instant access and having the zero commitment. But other than the monthly, it's uh, otherwise this experience isn't great. So yeah, exactly. Go figure. Um, uh, CD Projekt Red officially opens their Vancouver office. Good for them. Let's see what's going on. Apparently, they mm -hmm. consider Cyberpunk 2077 stable right now. Yep. And it's topping the uh, PlayStation sales charts. It's returned yep. at the top. Yep. Um, they're also, they've also announced that they are doing a Witcher 3 PS5 and Xbox Series X and S version this year. Which means that once that team completes that job, they're probably going to move into cyberpunk. Yeah. So, you know, that that's where I just see them mapping their devs and experience levels as a company. So all of this is pointing to some really positive things. I still hold on to that idea that you proposed. And I think these court cases are going to basically expose and make this happen. But I think some C-level execs need to be held accountable for the little bit of the mess that was yeah. Cyberpunk 2077. They have to. I, I don't think point. it has. They have to, yeah. even for the optics of we fucked up, mea culpa, our bad, you know, mm -hmm. this is how we're going to move forward. 
it has to happen. Absolutely has to happen. I'll be shocked if it doesn't. Yeah, because, you know, the, the document leaks and whatnot are basically that all of the project management, all of the devs, everybody was under the assumption that this was not going to meet a deadline and was going to be like a 2023 release. Yeah, exactly. Type thing. So this whole let's release it in this calendar year for Christmas 2020, that being, I think was a little bit of a you got to be screwing with me. And I think a lot of corners were cut and it's just a matter of time before that gets brought to light in some yeah. official capacity. Yep, exactly. But, you know, uh, it's too it's unfortunate, but I just think that that's a pure speculation. I just think that that's what's going to be the breadcrumb path here, but you know, we'll see what happens, but it has nothing to do with the hard work of the developers. It has nothing to do with anybody other than decision makers making the wrong decision. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So Park your rage. Don't try and hack CD Projekt Red, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, um, leave the poor people alone to make your video games. Exactly. An open copy of Super Mario 64 sold for $1.56 million at an auction, which dominated, destroyed the previous record, which was made on July 9th, which was a an open copy of the original Legend of Zelda game, which sold for $860,000. Ooh, that was the gold cartridge, wasn't it? Probably. Yeah, because I had a friend that had that. I'll tell you, that was sex. I know, right? That was just like, let's play Legend of Zelda. <laughs> but yeah, I, I still I still can't get that, that theme out of my head. But interesting, you know, the Mario, the Mario love is there. Yep. And <laughs> hey, everyone, if you're smart, you know what you might have done? I would have gone out and bought a CD Project Red Cyberpunk 2077 PS4 brand new in case and not opened it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's good. <laughs> That's either going to be worth nothing or a lot in a few years. Yeah. Wait. 30 years yeah. <laughs> yep. and some rich idiot will buy it <laughs> just remember even if you get 70 dollars and one cent exactly <laughs> the 30 year investment of a cent i love that um uh yeah that's so funny we'll see what happens but uh there will be uh, some virgin who's rich and wants it jesus christ <laughs> 40 years old at the very least yep <laughs> Um, the boys, the boys launch Vought News Network Digital Series. Uh, so the series will air new episodes monthly on YouTube, and this is all for preparation of season three, mm. which is still filming in Toronto. You know how I know? I ran into Starlight and Homelander over the weekend. Ooh, yeah, like in costume? No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking like. Uh... You're using their stage names. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Tony Starr and you. whatever her name is. Yeah, I know. Yeah, just I, I was at a bar and they were there. It's like, oh, look, it's them. Wow. Did you talk to them or did you just kind of be the, the quiet fanboy staring across? Uh, looking at st them. Staring at Elaine. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to know. Like, sometimes... You know, it, it, it is the most awkward feeling, especially, you know, as our audience, if you want to know, we're in Toronto or in the Toronto area. And there are an awful lot of movie stars that are just hanging around in town. And, you know, I've told my Robin Williams story on here before. And that pinch me moment of, is it Robin? And then he says something and I'm like, that's Robin Williams. Like, there are times where you think, I, I, I really would like to say something nice to them and not in a stalkerish kind of way. Just be like, really appreciate your work. You know, that type yeah. of thing. Exactly. But sometimes that opportunity doesn't occur. Like, you know, it's only if the situation feels right. And there are people too, and they might be engaged in conversation or trying to have some private moments together just away from the set. You know, not that I'm trying to ignite some kind of TMZ rumor here. But I'm just, you know, saying like, you know, they just went out for a bite to eat because it was a long shoot or whatever. Exactly. So fair enough. And, you know, it, it's that's awesome. I love that it's filming in Toronto still. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's that. And I'm I'm excited to see this little uh, web series, this little YouTube thing. Yep. All right. One last thing that we're going to talk about before we jump to, well, we barely, anyways, we'll figure some stuff out. Marvel likely isn't doing big multi-movie deals anymore. So the studio, uh, Kevin Feige, has revealed in a Hollywood Reporter interview that it's unlikely for Samuel L. Jackson-esque nine-movie deal contracts for multiple pictures signed all at once to happen in the future. Yeah, makes sense. No, it makes Honestly, total sense. Honestly, like we've talked so this about is, it on the show. There's two we things talk, we talked about it leading into this. The Marvel. Yeah, there's, there's two things here. Thing. Number one, the Marvel strategy is changing. I think they're more focused on these micro phases as opposed to you know Endgame, right? So that's mm-hmm. that's number one. Number two, um, this. Could be good because now they can like naturally have people show up, naturally call people back, naturally prog- natural progression, right, with their characters and their movies yeah. and their TV shows. Um, number three, though, this is the one downside: is that because if it's going to be done per appearance, you know, someone can after their movie blows up, like let's let's like for example, Florence Pug. Let's say that they wanted to bring her back for something for whatever, right? More flashbacks mm. or whatever. Um, uh, they, you know, she can ask double or whatever for her next yeah. appearance. She won't, but like, you know, it can be interesting to negotiate with stars who might become bigger stars over the time, over the course of their Mar- MCU stuff. Yeah, I, I think Sony have a good answer, or sorry, Disney have a good answer for that in that they're going to be the platform that gets her more jobs. Yes. Versus the platform that's just going to pander. So here's the going rate. Here's what we paid you before. Here's what we're willing to pay you now, uh, seeing things. And here's what you're probably going to get on your next job with whatever studio you signed with. Yep. Right? Like, they're they're going to be able to pull that kind of stuff. And I, I would imagine that that is uh, a skill that they use quite a bit already. I just think that it speaks to... Aside from your perfectly valid points, I think it speaks to the fact that there's going to be so much content spread across so many titles now for Marvel. And they're trying a lot in these phases to see what sticks. I think the roadmap looks more like a series of intermingling highways and overpasses than it was this trajectory towards a, a uh, making an MCU, right? Yes. I think at one point it was all, all efforts are going in the straight path and we need all hands on deck and to be able to tap these people and to get a Robert Downey Jr. to do X, Y, Z. And I think now, like I've already seen people having really poor reactions to the fact that they recast a couple people in the what if voice category for the cartoon. Yeah. And I'm like, really, does it matter? Like, you know who it is when you look at it. You know that the voice is in the same ballpark. I know that Tony Stark was a little bit grating but on the, the trailer that they released. But overall, you know what? It doesn't diminish from the fact that I know exactly what they're doing. Yes. And this is the thing, right? Like, Marvel are going to be more open to that with some of their some of the variety in their content. And I think that's a positive thing as a fan because it means they're going to get more experimental and a little bit more fringe. And maybe they don't have to just make everything touch each other. Yeah. Right? Because when we look at those 23 movies, there's always these feely points between that movie and this next one and this next one. And, you know, even Black Widow had that. Watch the post-credit sequence. I'm like, there's there's a little bit of this cross-pollination where there didn't really need to be. But it's interesting that it happened because I'm like, oh, so I wonder what this sets up now. And I wonder I wonder how that ball is going to roll into the new phases. Yeah, right. And exactly. To be honest, I'm, I'm kind of getting sick of it. I'm kind of getting tired of it. I want a movie to be just a movie. Why couldn't Black Widow go in, sort out the situation that she was going to sort out, and then kick some ass and chew some bubblegum? Right? Like, it doesn't need to... It's already touching everything because of where it's sandwiched time-wise. Yep. Time 
So you, you did enough. She changed to blonde hair at one point. Okay, I know what time frame this is now. Like, you know, that type of thing. So I, I see this nine movie deal uh, abolishment as just pursuant upon that. I think it just signals a new phase yeah. of content creation for them. That's exactly what I think. Like I like I said, that's what I kicked off. It was just like this is their new approach to storytelling, um, these micro phases rather than these huge elaborate 20 movie um, things, right? Yeah, we don't need the epic of Gilgamesh. It's not going to happen anymore. Like, let's be honest. It, this is the craziest thing that anyone could have ever tried. It worked. It was great. You know, let's not, we don't yeah. need a repeat. Let's do something different now. Yeah. Right? Let's just make it all Kang the Conqueror <laughs> and the secret invasion <laughs> yeah. and, and the new Avengers. <laughs> Pretty much. That's exactly. And the Dark Avengers. The Dark Avengers, exactly. <laughs> yep. The Young Avengers, Dark Avengers and all that fun stuff. We'll oh, see gosh. what ends up happening. And then we can just play with X-Men and Fantastic Four because <laughs> they got those now, too. That's the scary part, right? <laughs> I know. Like they haven't like even this touched. Is all just they haven't even touched their A heroes yet. Content, yeah, I know. Like all we've seen is the logo for Fantastic Four. Yeah, that's it, right? And I'm just like, oh man, when the X Men logo drops, oh people that's are gonna, gonna be freak. The internet is gonna break that day. Oh yeah, <laughs> like that's, that's just like an inevitability, right? Like I mean, just they have so much money sitting in their pockets, and they're like. Um, yeah, well, we'll play around with the Eternals. <laughs> well, again, they didn't know, right? Like, the timing of everything. It's just like, I they know. were so deep in production with the Eternals. It's like, ah, oh, might as well release it. We'll see what happens. But yeah, like, they have X-Men, <laughs> Fantastic Four, <laughs> Deadpool. You know, I, I already said X-Men, but Wolverine specifically, right? Yeah, I know. It's, like, just it's crazy. nuts, man. It's crazy. It's, it's such a great time to be a fan. And uh, like we always say on this show, I just hope DC starts to hit home runs because it's good. Because like hell, I'm wearing a Batman t-shirt, right? Like let's just not forget the fact that DC uh, comics and the heroes that they created. If I want to sit here and try to tell somebody that the X-Men are iconic, they don't even hold a freaking candle. To Batman, Superman, yep. Wonder Woman. You know what I mean? Like, like these are icons of life versus I grew up thinking Logan was awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because he had knives in his hands <laughs> and he had quick, quick healing factor, superpower. Like, yep. <laughs> that, that holds nothing against Batman, the dude who watched his family get butchered. I love it. it. Fell down a well and got scared <sighs> by bats. Yeah. Who brought us COVID? <laughs> <laughs> Who's laughing now? <laughs> love that, Lord. Um, I don't even know where I don't even know where we're going right now. Uh, Loki. <laughs> oh God. Hey, yeah. I you watch it? I, I'm yeah. assuming you did. Yeah. Yeah. That's a thing. That was a fun episode. It was a fun episode. It's literally Doctor Who or, you know, yeah. or um, uh, DC, like the the other CW show, Legends of Tomorrow. Oh. Doctor Who. Just this fun, yeah. fucked up stories that, like we talked about with Tyler, will have no repercussions until no, the very end. Except until on the, the Funko very Pop end. market. Something until is going to happen. Funko Pop market, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, they're selling Loki alligators already. Jesus. Have you seen, like, new rock stars released a t-shirt, and instead yeah. of the alligator on it, it's an alligator with the golden horns? Yep. I saw that. I saw that. Like, come on, man. This is... Like, Disney are just literally letting companies mint money right now off of, like, <laughs> characters where they're like, oh, we'll put a Loki alligator in there and I'll get a chuckle. He's yeah. going to be the new Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I still, yeah, the Rocket and that sensation still kills me. Yeah, Bradley Cooper, man. I know. Like, Fucking... they nailed it on so many levels. And I'm like, 
the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, but, I, I I enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed it's making the series better for me, but I still feel that the series is underperforming. Here's the thing. There's an obvious formula that the first three shows have had. Mm-hmm. And we've talked you, about you it before. Up on that. Yep. You know? And that at the end of the day does take away a little bit of enjoyment from me. Yeah, because here we had the penultimate episode. And we still don't know who the bad guy is. Yep, exactly. Who will it be? Because I'll bet you they were right there all along. Always, exactly. That's that's yeah. clearly how the how the how this works, right? So, so we'll see what's going yeah. on. We'll see what's going it's on. It's a little bit disappointing, but at the same rate, it is, it is filling a really good void for Marvel. I can't wait to see what a post-COVID Disney Marvel. Disney plus Marvel effort looks like. Yeah. Like I, I really can't wait to see more star Wars. I really can't wait to see more sustained Marvel TV shows along with movie content for yep. both French franchises as a fan. That is a nerdgasm. Yeah. Right there for like sure. That, that just means that I'm, I, that means months of analysis. Right. If if they start hitting all these pistons in a timed fashion, then these experiments start paying off to be this kind of coordinated assault of nerd. Then it gets really fun because you're going to have ideas sprouting because we're going to talk about it in a second. And that's Bad Batch this week. So I don't know if you bothered watching it or not. No, not yet. You can talk about it. This was one of the most interesting episodes of television I've ever seen. In the sense that nothing that interesting happened in the episode. But in the sense that it went back to Hera as a kid. And her relationship on Ryloth with her parents. Politically fighting the Empire. And the Bad Batch spent a total of 25 seconds in the show. And it's their show. Interesting. Like the entire thing was a revisitation origin story of Rebels characters. Right. And Chopper was in it. So Dave Filoni got to voice Chopper again. Love it. And I'm just like, holy crap. Like that was one of the most enjoyable things as a Rebels fan. Because I got to see characters I care about come into the paths of who they become. Yeah. And where all of those things intermixed and, and became a story. Right. So I'm curious to know if it follows into the next episode or whatever, but it was just a pure treat. It was honestly not at all what I was expecting. And this, this show, as much as it got off to a little bit of a flat start for the two of us, I think, but yep. it's rounding into a show that has a lot of surprises in it. And I like that. I'm yeah, it's it. picking up for sure and 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 it's get, it's getting Star Wars done right. And I appreciate yeah. the slow build. My concern was just that it, you know, I wasn't connecting with any of the characters, right? And I, I knew it was going to take time, but I feel like they've done a really great job over the past few weeks, um, last week not included because I haven't watched it yet, in terms of just like really trying to build up the world, the world that they're trying to create and the characters and where they live in this world and, you know, what the point is of this show. Because, you know, and that was part of the problem, right? Like for the longest time, it's like, okay, Omega joins the Bad Batch and it's their crazy adventures akin to the Mandalorian, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but this, that was my this issue. Is, this is the great detours that I'm getting now. And this is where I, I think I texted you and I said, I think Dave Dave Filoni is out doing George Lucas at Star Wars right now. Yeah. And that that's the reason why I said that. It's because it took a detour that so lightly touched on the content that was, you know, the title screen. They, they had like a minute, you know, minute and a half on screen, if I'm being like realistic. And it, there was a touching moment between Omega and Hera. Um, but that was, they were there not to do anything but to carry a small detail of the story forward. 
And that's what I really enjoyed is like, you know, Dave Filoni just looked at all of his fans in the eye and winked and said, yeah. this one's for you. Yeah. And that's 100%. what I like about it. And he was just like, I don't care. You don't like it. Shit on me on Twitter. Who gives a crap? You know what I mean? Like that, that was his attitude. He's just like, this, this is for the fans. And man, that was just so nice to see. Yeah. As a 100%. Star Wars fan, I felt, man, thank you. You know? Yeah. So. I know that sounds corny, and I know I'm a big Star Wars suck. No, but still. But, you know, the rest of the series has been a little hit or miss for me. So, and I, I know the same thing. It's going to take time. Yeah. And there's so many things Wrecker can wreck, and there's so many things Hunter can hunt, and there's so many things Echo can fix. I get it all. Like, they have their character pigeonholes, and they're living up to them each week and endearing themselves into them. But... You know, Omega's going to fuck up everything and go, how come I'm just such a screw up? Please help me. I go a New Zealand accent. But anyhow, it's, it's, it is what it is, and, and it's fun for kids, and it's fun for, for new Star Wars fans and, and everyone else. So I'm happy everybody's getting on the train. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm curious to see where else we get to dive into at this time frame because it's a great time frame. Yeah. Like, I, I, that's the thing, right? Like, I'm so interested in this time frame overall. Um, so, it, you know, it, it the slow-moving approach that they had at the very beginning was kind of disappointing. Um, and again, like, it's just, I know that this show isn't technically made for me. Yeah, and, and the worst part is, is to be fair, too, to your point, we came out of that final season of Clone Wars. That's That's a huge part of it. Like that was a masterpiece of of animated Star Wars, you know, especially that last little Ahsoka arc, you know, type thing, the Mandalorian stuff, because that to me was just like, you know what? This is better than a movie in some ways. And I know it followed those movie themes and everything like that. I had the discussion on the Internet and it fits. Yeah. But that was that was Dave saying, let me have a shot at what George would have done. Right. And in other news, this week, Paul Son Hyung Lee and Dave Filoni got their six-inch yes. Hasbro you, Black Series action figures announced. Yep. And goddamn, if I didn't look at those and go, I have to have those in my collection, just for the just the weird factor of it. Because I know Paul Son Hyung Lee is going to be on this show one day, mm-hmm. and I know. Dave Filoni is just Dave Filoni and will always be revered for me. Uh, but I was just like, man, like six inch action figures in the deluxe boxes and everything. I'm like, those are going to be tough to find. I can already I, tell. Exactly. Like even I would like that's something I would buy. And I'm like on a no more figure policy, but yeah. I would get that in a heartbeat. They Especially better the like. Make a shitload of these things because I don't think that Disney or Hasbro have any real clue how much demand there will be. Like oh, yeah. in in just Canada alone, for Paul Sun Young Lee, like that one is just going to be every single uh uh uh, uh Kim's convenience fan yeah. is going to want that. Yep, in their hands. Like, and he does this great thing on his channel. I'm going to plug his channel right now. Because you can go on YouTube and he's making weekly episodes, Sunday night unboxings. And this week he did like Ahsoka Tano's uh, a Black Series lightsaber and, and stuff like that. And he is so much of a Star Wars geek. And we knew that already. But it is not funny how much crap this guy's got in his basement. It It's... Oh, it's, it's borderline crazy, yeah. on on my shame. Like it was just like, oh man, like I'm getting helmets and going, where the hell am I going to put this shit? Like yeah. honestly, a helmet's a worse thing because it's big. And Paul, you know, Paul's son Young Lee is just like they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah. You know, so like he, I never knew he was awesome. this big of a Greek, of a Greek. I know, I know. And his wife like moderates the channel when he's doing the live chats and stuff. Like he's. He's got such a family buy-in too that it's really exciting stuff to watch. And he's so passionate about everything, about aliens and about Ghostbusters and about all these different geek properties. Like he's got a full proton blaster behind him and he's got a full cosplay 
of a Ghostbuster outfit. So there's a lot of stuff that he does that is really, truly authentic. And, you know, so many Canadians and so many Americans who watch it on Netflix know him as Opa on Kim's Convenience, right? Like, and he plays that character so believably well due to his his cultural relationship with it. And then when you hear him actually speaking, right, in his, like, regular North American acclimatized dude voice, I was like, bravo. Like, you're you're an actor. Good for you. Like, you're not just placeholding here. You're you're an accomplished person. So, yep. You know, I like it. Yep. Same here. <laughs> I accept it. I love it. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I just like again, I, I we, that's someone we're, we're targeting very hard. It's just uh, timing and a couple other things. But uh, yeah, no, no, and I know that he's got so much on the go. And you know what? The worst part is, is the way that he was done dirty. And I've talked with him about this, and I've talked to some of the other cast members about this a little bit over the internet and they didn't know that the show was ending. And I don't think that that's very good for their, for the fans or for their relationship to the fans, because I feel that that show should have got some closure. And so do they. Yeah. There's a lot going on there, right? Like there, that was just such a weird decision. And it's just like, you know, we're seeing infighting now and like the cast is trying hard to kind of keep it private and kind of, you know, keep the, yeah. uh, keep things positive. But yeah, it's just been, it's just been crazy. Like, and obviously a lot of this has to do with, to me, and I have no inside knowledge to me. A lot of this has a lot to do with the fact that the son is the main mm-hmm. character in the new Marvel movie, yep. because I think his career is about to explode. And if yes. I'm not mistaken, it's one of the other, the roommate, Kimchi, who is actually doing the writing yep. for the show. And he was the one that ultimately decided to pull it. And I don't know if it was concerns about availability or things like that. But there's obviously some roots to this that are probably not very political and just probably logic based. But it just wasn't, didn't seem to be disclosed well. Yeah. And no, it just seemed to be thing, rather right? sudden. Yeah. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like it is what no, it is. No, and I don't want to get into the minutiae yeah. of it. Like, like exactly. that's their business and respect to them. And I really appreciate the work that they put out there for us to consume. That's and exactly I look forward, it. and I look forward to consuming it going forward. Exactly, exactly. You know, CBC. I think it's had, because you think what Paul Sun. I think Paul Sun Young Lee is actually just blowing up with Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be X-wing pilot forever. I love it. I still like seeing him that first time. I was just like, "What the hell is going on?" I know, right? It's a pinch me moment. I'm like, "Really? This is happening?" Yep. And then you then you find out like the real story, and you're like, "Good for him." And then yeah. it's just now he's got his action figure, right? Like at first, I saw people 3D printing their own action figures for him, like printing a head and putting it on another action figure's body and stuff like that. Now, like Hasbro are making it, yep. like. Unreal, I know. good for him. I love it. I can't yeah, wait to see him unbox out on a Sunday. I know you. You know what? You got to be happy for these people, especially these lifelong fans who have just like, again, just geeking out, and they finally get to play these minor characters. But I always think that these minor characters are so much more epic than a lead or something. Yeah, as evidenced by the fact that your favorite character is R two D two. Yes, exactly. Like that. <laughs> that speaks to that. So good exactly. for you. All right, Phil. I think that's that. I think we've uh, we've reached our quota for the week, and you can tell our awesome listeners how they can get a hold of us. You can track us down on our website at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at its Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at its Canon Podcast. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you find podcasts, you're going to find the Instagram podcast. Thanks so much for taking your time to listen. Please be sure to subscribe. Recommend it to your friends. And uh, if the platform allows, uh, leave a rate and review. Have a great day. Yep. Thanks, everyone. And thank you, Phil, for everything. Um, We will be back next Sunday or Monday, depending on our schedules. Where we're going to be talking about all things everything. We're going to be talking all things geek, all things pop culture. 
And Philip, do you know what the best part of it all is? It's all in Canada, baby. That's right. He's Phil. I'm Boris. Thank you for listening. Good night. Perfect. It just